Hello. Welcome, Coven, to another week of Fiber Coven podcast. We're thrilled to be here, and we're thrilled that you're here. You're great. Awesome. Well, I'm Lauren of Valkyrie Fibers. And I'm Emily of Kitty with a Cupcake. And this is episode 18 of the podcast. (gasps) Hooray! Hooray! I'm glad one of us keeps track of that sort of stuff. I only know because I have to title them and put them in the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well... To kick off episode 18, then, we have no news and I'm assuming no finished objects? Uh, No, I have a finished square of an object. Does that count for anything? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Show me your finished square. Or is Uh, it this thing you can't show? Oh, yes. Yes. So uh, this is my once upon a time cross-stitch sampler that I have Mm -hmm. been working on for over four years now. <laughs> uh, I'm a really slow cr- cross-stitcher. I'm like the slowest cross-stitcher ever. I also don't, I don't work on it that much. I want to emphasize I'm right. not like, I'm very slow, but I'm not like terribly, insanely like, why are you even doing this slow? I just don't work on it that much uh, because I have to knit things and mm-hmm. uh, do other crafts. But I really like to do cross-stitch to relax. I've said before that it's kind of like a coloring book for me because you just like Mm -hmm. follow what it says to do and it's not stressful. But yeah, this is my Once Upon a Time sampler from Frosted Pumpkin Stitchery. And it's really cute. It's a sampler that they released forever ago, like in 2014 or 2015 or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they're all little fairy tales and I'll try and get it close to people who are watching. Oh, it's so cute. And it's little... Like cartoonish versions. It's yeah. So they're little cartoonish, cutesy, cutesy cheapy mm-hmm. kind of fairy tale people. And the square that I finished was the July square and it mm-hmm. is Thumbelina. So oh, she's yay. in a little walnut on a lily pad and she's got some cute little fishes. The fishes are like my favorite part. And mm-hmm. she's got a cute little bud and a little dragonfly bud. Nice. And I did Very the nice. border part by her. Very awesome. It looks super cute. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very happy with it. And I I have just the tiniest bit started on my next square. (laughs) Yeah, so I did that. And I'll talk about this cross-stitch stand later in acquisitions, but that's a whole other topic to talk about. Sweet. But I've I've been trying to work on this a little bit. I worked on it a lot during the pandemic. I think I've gotten like four squares done now during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And that is my seventh square out of 12. Nice. Uh, I started my first full coverage cross stitch during the pandemic and I too have been enjoying the pixel art and I'm surprisingly really liking the full coverage. Nice. That's cool. I've never done a full coverage one. I have a feeling it would drive me a little bit batty because it's just a little like intimidating. the large coverage chunks of this, like the water and stuff. I like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm just doing water oh. forever. Oh, I, I kind of like that. Nice. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but Mm. I've been trying to work on this because I have some ideas of some like witchy cross stitch patterns that I would like to design. But I am a a lot of Etsy cross stitch people just like put out like basically what Mm -hmm. the chart looks like or like a digital rendering of what it looks like. And Mm -hmm. I totally get that if you're a cross-stitch designer because it's, like, really slow to do cross-stitch and stuff. But that is just, like, Mm -hmm. not how I roll. So I Mm -hmm. will physically make a thing to take a picture and do, like, cross-stitch design. So I want this to be done before I start Mm -hmm. embarking on that because otherwise I'm literally never going to finish this. There Um, are some cross-stitch designers that stitch a version. Oh, for sure. But, like, the vast majority of them on Etsy do not. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I, w- I would like to have like a stitched version of a thing. 
um, this the frosted pumpkin stitchery totally finishes things. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do a lot of mystery stitch alongs and stuff too. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I have like ideas for witchy things that are too detailed to put in color work for knitting. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to do some cross stitching and use different colors and stuff. Cause you can only do two colors and knitting pixely mm-hmm. arts and multiple colors are fun. And I like to cross stitch also, they can be cute little small decorative things. They don't have to be like a whole sweater. I love it. I'm very much looking forward to your future cross-stitch designs. Well, it might be four years from now at the rate I'm going. So. <laughs> That's fine. It'll give me something to look forward to in the faraway future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did something new to me this week. I tried a new heel construction. This is I, I, the same works in progress. I worked on my blanket, but I'm not going to show it to you because because it looks the same and it's huge. But I did uh, some work on my vanilla sock. I'm using cat sandwich fibers in the Aurora Borealis colorway. And it's micro striping. It's got some really dark blues and some light um, tropical blues and lots of multicolored neon speckles going on. But I'm past the heel now. And I did a flegal heel, which is a new to me heel construction. How does that Have work? You- I don't know. I've never done that one. So a flegal heel. I just watched a couple of videos online and I want to say happy one I watched who is a new to me podcaster. Um, mm-hmm. I know she definitely does a podcast, but yes, I think I'll have to go look that up. But I just watched a couple tutorials online and got the idea for it. I didn't follow a pattern when I did off. I made sure I understood the method and then I was able to just go for it. So the flegal heel is for toe up socks and it is similar. It's done with short rows, but it's similar in shape to a flap and gusset. Yeah. That makes sense. I totally get that looking at it because it looks like it would fit similar to how the flap and gusset fits. Mm -hmm. And I, since I knit self-striping socks, mostly I don't want to mess up the stripe pattern. So I tend to do short row or afterthought heels for that. But since this isn't self-striping, I wanted to try this flegal heel. So to describe it, so you start with, you know, whatever your foot circumference is, 100% of your stitches. And then uh, I just estimated about two inches shy of your total foot length. Uh, You start a line of increase on either side, just at one of the intersections, and you get up to 150% of your stitches. And then you do a short row in the back on the heel side and that reduces your stitches from 150 percent back down to 100 percent, and then you just keep going oh okay Mm -hmm. yeah so that makes sense why it is similar to the flapping gusset because yeah adds 50 percent of the stitches exactly exactly it's fascinating i mean because you you definitely have the increases because it's a toe up mirror that gusset Mm-hmm. But the flap section that is made by the short rows is differently shaped. It mm-hmm. is it's like triangular. Kind of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a really, uh, I would say it's a hybrid between the shape of a heel flap and gusset and the shape of a short row heel. But um, I'm hoping these fit. I These look big to me, but I have little people feet. And they're for a friend who wears one size bigger than me. So, and they fit on me a little loose. So I'm thinking they're fine. It's just that I only ever knit socks from my tiny feet or I knit ribbed socks for my partner. 
So they look, they don't look as big because of the ribs. They don't look huge to me. I also sometimes when I do toe up, I feel like it looks big. I don't know why, but going in the other direction, I'm like, this toe seems so long. Mm-hmm. But then it's not. Yeah. I really liked the experience of knitting the flegal heel. It was intuitive to me. Nice. But I've been knitting socks for a long time. Not well, but I've been knitting socks for a long time. My first few years of sock knitting were disastrous. You can ask anybody who's known me a while. (laughs) But I'm super happy with it. I I hear you've been working on a sock as well. I also knit a sock heel (laughs) over the weekend. I was like, why am I not working on those socks for my dad? And I was like, oh, it's because I got to the heel so mm-hmm. I needed to like brain and couldn't like, I can't like knit a heel in the car. Cause uh, if I look at my knitting in the car, I get car sick. Uh, so I needed to knit a heel. So I just did a heel flap and gusset. Mm-hmm. So now I uh, just am decreasing on did the gusset. Did you use a but contrasting yarn? I did, but it really goes with it. So this is the Regia mm-hmm. self-patterning that I'm using. And then this is a Knit Picks Hawthorne hand-dyed colorway that's super old is it the black one uh it's like navy it's like a dark blue but it's it's really similar to the black one (laughs) (laughs) i have a skein of the black hawthorne like in the cows are gonna be like is it this (laughs) no (laughs) yeah so i uh am using that because it just kind of blends and i think i'm not 100 percent sure if i would have had enough yarn to do the heel in the regia but also it would mess Mm -hmm. up the pattern and i hate that so Mm -hmm. yes indeed so just a basic sock lap fun any other whips i worked a bit on my waxing moon shawl Ooh, i'm so excited to see it which is absolutely massive and here let me get my other ball out there it is it's just like a sea of mini skeins in this bag heavy breathing i'm so excited like and I'm just like flailing around like a toddler anticipating <laughs> treats. Um, okay. It's so gorgeous. And you said you were on to wedge 12. So I'm on to wedge 12. So it's like basically a half circle now. Oh my gosh, Emily. It's so cool. I love it. I really like it. Both of my balls I wanted to show you just fell on the ground. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I'm really enjoying it. I am it's huger than I expected it to be, which I'm excited about because I enjoy huge shawls. Uh, so this is about the size that the 12 mini skein version will be. Let me retrieve my balls real quick. Emily's balls have dropped. Ball acquisition occurring. Ball jokes. So I did. I have been going in order of <laughs> the colors of the advent calendar, which was the Earl Grey Fiber Co. Alice in Wonderland advent calendar. But... I did switch two colors around in mm-hmm. this last one because this was uh, Do You Play Croquet, which was mm-hmm. the 11th stripe. And this was the 12th ball. Mm. And they They're are rather similar. They are different. But I thought that like in pictures of the whole thing and like pictures where it's kind of farther away, mm-hmm. your eye might like see them as one big wedge instead of two little wedges. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't want that because all of the other ones are pretty different. So I flip flop these two. So this is going to go here and then this will go here. Makes sense. I belabored over the decision. 
because which is like a totally they don't need to be in that order but I <laughs> just uh but I did decide to flip them but I don't think I'm going to do that I laid out all the skeins and that that was the most like questionable really close in color one so mm-hmm. so that was that Oh my gosh. It is so pretty. I want to make one really, really, really bad. It's really fun to knit. Lots of the coven members who are making one with their moon club mini skeins have said it's really fun. So yeah, I might. I'm contemplating saving a full skein of each of the moon club colorways for myself so that I can do a full circle in addition to putting squares in my projects and I make hexi puffs too. Mm-hmm think of something to do with that it's a lot that's a lot of yarn though yeah you would have like 60 grams left over mm-hmm. well see I make little hexi puffs out of all my colorways because I eventually want to have a beekeeper's blanket of all only my colorways that would be really cool so I, I could it could that would probably chew up at least another 10 grams doing a blanket square and a hexi puff mm-hmm. I know it's just and I also oh there's so I feel so bad. There's so much in my own yarn. I just want to keep. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. So did you, well, actually, I want to hear all about that cross-stitch stand you acquired to launch into our acquisition section. Okay. So I acquired this cross-stitch stand and mm-hmm. I'm going to do my best to talk about it and not move my mouth away from the microphone, but also show it to the people on camera. So this is the mm-hmm. cross-stitch stand. It and- looks to be a natural wood color. It is. Yeah. And I uh, got it from F.A. Edmonds, which mm-hmm. is a craft company. And they also mm-hmm. made the frame that I use that I've shown before. And it's like a scroll stretcher bar frame. But mm-hmm. this thing is called the Stitch Master. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool because you can put any hoop or frame into it. Oh, So like neato. these are like clamps that my frame is in right now. So you can swap mm. it out and these arms adjust down here so you can change the width of what it is. So you can really fit any hooper frame on this thing, which is why I picked nice. this particular model. They have some that come with like a frame attached, but I wanted to be mm-hmm. able to like swap it out and not have to have two stands around. Mm-hmm. And like it's it. super adjustable. Um, mm-hmm. I successfully used it like tucked up in my little corner of my sectional like L-shaped couch and it mm-hmm. I could get it like back there easily to me um, because it adjusts at the bottom. Oh. That's like an angle adjustment. This is yeah. an angle adjustment. It's got tons of articulation. Mm-hmm. Have you named it yet? I haven't named it. <laughs> I name things too much, but just it's little top clamps. I'm sure you know what it made me think of. <laughs> it might need to be the chopper stand. <laughs> For those of you listening at home, I'm holding up my hands like little crab claws making angry, rude robot noises. But you heard that part. <laughs> oh, chopper. Okay. Enough robot noises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so then it also can angle up here so you can tilt your work and like mm-hmm. it's really open on the bottom. So it's really nice to work with. I have zero complaints so far. Um, I need to get Yeah. And then those. you could just flip it back here and kind of adjust that toppy angle to get to the back when you need to get to the back. Mm-hmm. It's a little... It's a little bit more cumbersome to get to the back than it is when you're just holding the cross stitch 
frame mm-hmm. in your hand, but the added having your hand most of the time way makes up for that. Um, so I am learning how to do a two-handed cross-stitch technique where you mm-hmm. hand the needle back and forth with both hands. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas before I was holding on to the frame with one hand all the time and just going right. back and around. Uh, and it's, I can say it's way faster to do the two, Very of nice. course, because then you're kind of like a sewing machine. Very cool. I might have to invest in one of those. Yeah. And it's only like 65 bucks. That's so cheap. I know. It's for such See, a, like a big wood piece of equipment. I would expect it to cost more than that. My sweetie uh, is very talented and handy, and I brought him to numerous shows. Like, he's been to Stitches a couple of times, and he's seen, I think, Clems and Clems is there, and they have some cross Clems has stands. one that is not $65. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And I've shown it every time we've seen one. I've been like, if you ever have time, I'd love one of these. I know you can make it. But the thing is, he is a very busy fellow. Yeah. Um, and this is American like an American hero. Who knows what wood this is, but this is just like really basic wood. Uh, mm-hmm. The Clemson Clems ones are like nice wood and they're like stained finished. and all that yeah. good stuff. This is unfinished, but like I'm not, mm-hmm. it's not around water or anything. And you could finish it if you want, if you want to be industrious. Mm-hmm. I'm probably not going to. I haven't even finished my uh, loom. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, I really like this thing. Very cool. Yeah. So the only thing I acquired this week was a bag of tea. From Black and Bold, which is who I get our coffee from. I'm not a big coffee drinker. I'm more of a tea drinker. But since I was already ordering from them, I thought I'd throw in a bag of tea. And I got their Earl Grey to try out. And it's really tasty. I like it a lot. And it's a pretty good. Oh, I mean, it's a really good company to, that I've bought from several times now. It, everything ships quickly. They're minority owned. And they give 5% of their profits back to domestic charities. That's awesome. I am going to have to check out their tea selection because I was looking Mm -hmm. for a black owned tea company to try tea from. I hope they have some decaf stuff though, because I'm mostly in the market for decaf teas. Um, There's a couple remind me I can send you on Instagram too. I haven't tried them yet, but I found a couple. Nice. Hooray. So is it a cult corner time? Yes. Yay. So um, today we're going to talk about muses which is cool. I like the idea of arts-related deities. I did like briefly Google the the Greek muses and there's nine of them. They all correspond to like a different form of what the Greeks considered arts. And I think that's neat, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I guess there's not too much to talk about as far as the Greek muses go when like Disney Hercules already exists and those are the best version of the Greek muses that has ever been. Oh, see, I (laughs) thought you would hate everything about Disney Hercules. I'm surprised that you enjoy bits of it. Yeah, I violently hate everything about that movie except (laughs) the muses. I mean, it's fun. I watch it. I like it. But yeah. The the muses and the Greek Hercules sing gospel music, which is awesome. I do like Scar as the Nemean lion. Oh, that's also funny. good. That was. Oh, I, uh, I, I like lots touch. of the Disney Hercules movie, but I don't care about Greek mythology. But I like the air hercs. Those are good. Solid, mm-hmm. solid air hercs joke. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty funny. There there's some definite gems 
one of them like obviously the i think that movie for me would have been just it would have been totally sunk without the gospel muses yep yep, yep. yeah but um i was looking through just you know the internet and i was looking for other cultures deities related to arts and i found they were overwhelmingly female Mm, that's interesting it really is i don't i don't know what that says about societies like i found two that were masculine deities one of them was egyptian and that god is ta but he was a god more related to the trades and craftsmanship like not fine art or dancing or music or poetry definitely like trades and crafts which is art for sure and then there was one from mesoamerican mythology oh shoot please forgive me if i mess this one up if i'm not remembering it right i was googling a ton of different deities this morning i think it was wewekotl but he was uh, like the flower prince so it was Mm. not a very like manly masculine thing but all of the male, all of the ones that were male leaning aside from that one Egyptian one were either related to, were like related to trickster stuff, mm, mm-hmm. which I thought, cause the trickster God is like one of my favorite characters in mythology and it, it comes across all cultures, but I, of all the masculine gods that were even associated with the arts, it's really only it's, there's a, there's a lot of the trickster aspect being blended in there. Interesting. Yeah, but I did find some really cool ones. Um, It's not surprising to me that these are the ones I latched on to. I found a couple from Egyptian mythology. Um, Bastet, who is the cat god, was related to the arts, as well as Hathor, who is the cow god. Hmm. They're both related to, I think, different forms of the arts, but more of like the similar things to the Greek muses, like poetry and song and dance. Mm -hmm. And then there was one from... Japanese mythology I saw as well she was the goddess that is associated with the dawn um, as well as the arts and her name is Ameno Zume and there was a funny story I did just read a Japanese mythology audiobook on um, audible it was honestly the performance was not great I would not recommend it but this you know it's always good to hear the stories but it was a fun story about the sun goddess like was having a fight with the one of the bad gods and she had locked herself in a cave and of course the world wasn't doing very good without the sun and in order to get her out all the gods like threw a party at her front door and the goddess of the dawn and art uh, miss Amino Zume started dancing very provocatively and taking off her clothes and the gods were having such a good party that it it convinced the sun goddess to finally emerge from her cave and see what was going on yeah so it's a fun story Mm -hmm. about ye oldie striptease I thought that it was interesting that in the Greek muses, there are two for poetry. Yes. Yeah. Calliope and Arato are both poetry. Calliope is epic poetry and Arato Mm -hmm. is love poetry. I mean, they're very different. Yeah, yeah. But there's also music and hymns, Hmm. which are the same kind of thing. And uh, there's also a muse of astronomy interesting which is interesting i I did see too about like the greek music it does and that more encompasses the idea like as we would say now steam like science technology 
mm-hmm. arts. And yeah, that was the, like all that I guess. Oh, I guess there is one of history too, because Cleo mm-hmm. is history. So it's kind of like both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Like the different how the Greek muses all break down. I find that really interesting too, because like the difference between love poetry and epic poetry, like I have to admit, I haven't read too much classic love poetry, but I have like listened to English translations of the epic, you know, the classics. And it's like, so-and-so begat, so-and-so begat, so-and-so, or like so-and-so step, so-and-so, and then so-and-so and so-and-so. It's like very rhythmic, which leads me to the difference between the other two music muses being of hymns which I think of as like chanting or repetitive it's meant to like get one into that repetitive devotional state as opposed to just general music which is just you know how humans enjoy music for various purposes Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it could I mean it could be like music and religious music specifically separated Mm -hmm. too I looked up uh, just some random fun facts about muses being used throughout history aside from yes. uh, Greek mythology. And a lot of members of the Enlightenment were really into the muses. And mm-hmm. uh, there was actually a famous Masonic lodge in Paris called, and I'm going to really mess up this French, so don't email me angrily about it, uh, Le Neuf Sores which is the nine sisters uh, as mm-hmm. in the nine muses. And that was like, uh, you know, uh, the kind of gentleman clubs that they had back in the 18th centuries where like men would drink and talk about art and ideas and whatever it is that they do in there. And mm-hmm. uh, Voltaire, Benjamin Franklin and Danton were all uh, members of that club and attended it. That's really neat. And I think a- that's mm-hmm. where the word museum comes from yeah um it's like a cult place of the muses and uh it's a Mm -hmm. place where people came to gather and display knowledge so that's how we have the word museum i love entomology and linguistics it's very interesting i love it. it that would be one of the things like if i won the lottery and didn't have to do anything for money ever again i would just go back to school and one of the things i would study would be linguistics so neat super neat i love it i love your fun facts thank you and then this is just a random emily noticing when looking at lots of classical art uh depicting the muses the muses Mm -hmm. love a good nip slip oh yeah oh my god doesn't such a high percentage of the paintings of them they just got one nip out all the time (laughs) i having been to southern europe in the summer a couple of times if i could have got away with having my titties out i would it's very hot mm-hmm. it's very hot it makes sense why they have so many topless beaches well it's not that it's like oppressively hot it's just that nobody has air conditioning so you're just always sweaty yeah tits out weather for sure what a fantastic topic or like tidbit to end <laughs> yeah I, I had that last because i really wanted to end on the nip nip slip <laughs> bit. love it love it that cracks me up Alrighty, so i think that's that's nearly it for our content this week we just have a little bit of shameless self-promotion left over and that is that our quarter two for the power of the full moon club is open for pre-order yay Hooray! um so, so i'll break down the pricing because i didn't do that this 
past episode. Uh, it is $15 a month. Uh, so $45 for the whole quarter uh, plus shipping. And you get a mini skein, Died by Lauren, themed to that month's moon. You get a tea light themed to that month's moon, made by moi. And you get a bell pouch pattern themed to that month's moon, also made by moi. Uh, <laughs> and you get a ritual planned by me and art by me. And there's like a little art postcard you get with the ritual printed on the back that you can do mm-hmm. on the full moon. And little extra tidbits to maybe go in the ritual, maybe notions for your knitting, that kind of stuff. And uh, coven members get access to that waxing moon shawl that I showed off earlier that you could also use your minis for. So lots of fun stuff. It's a really fun club. People have really been enjoying doing it, which makes me super, super happy. But yeah, you get one for each month of uh, April, May, and June. April is pink moon may is flower moon and june is strawberry moon i'm excited i have the colorways planned out in my head and i think they're going to be fun nice i have the rituals planned out but i haven't ordered stuff yet because we have to figure out how many clubs we're going to have so we do have a limited number of clubs so get on that while you can awesome well if you're looking to find us out and about on the internet uh I, my yarn is available at Valkyrie Fibers Tahoe on Etsy. And to see what I'm up to, I am Valkyrie underscore fibers on Instagram. And you can find me as Kitty with a Cupcake on Instagram, Kitty with a Cupcake on Ravelry, Kitty with a Cupcake on Payhip. And my Etsy shop where those aforementioned moon clubs are available is Kitty with a Cupcake. Yay! Yay! Awesome sauce. Well, that's it for us this week. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, Kevin. And until next week, keep making yarn magic. Bye. Bye.